0: Welcome to the next episode of the Hondo Handy Podcast, brought to you by Atlantic Physical Therapy. They're here to help you with your recovery while providing you with a safe environment. They put the care in health care. Located in Maryland and Ocean Pines, West City, Berlin, Salisbury, and in Delaware, Salvia, Ocean View, Laurel. Call them at 410-208-3630 or find them on the web at Atlantic. My guest today is Mark Von Lacker. Mark, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing very well. Thanks for having me.
0: Oh, man, I'm really happy to have you out uh, today, Mark. You have an excellent, excellent story to share. Uh, Mark, before we get started, let me uh, share with my listeners a little bit of background on you. Uh, Mark is an adaptive uh, athlete who is the founder of the Free State Wheelchair Lacrosse and their team is called Maryland Thunder. Free State, Free, State Maryland, Free State Wheelchair Lacrosse is Maryland's first wheelchair lacrosse organization. Their goal is to grow, adaptive sports, and compete at a national level. He was also helped organize the first wheelchair division at the OC, Ocean City Lacrosse Classic. In 2019, uh, the Maryland Thunder wheelchair team won the national championship in New York. Mark graduated from Salisbury University and is president working on his master's at uh, Liberty University in special ed. Mark had also coached youth uh, basketball, lacrosse, and football, including coaching uh, sports at Most Blessed Sacrament School. Uh, Mark, credit accomplishments, congratulations.
1: Thank you. I kind of feel a little bit. uh uh deficient i've heard so many other great people on the podcast so i, I kind of feel uh i got some some big shoes to, to fill in
0: hey um no you don't you're exactly where everybody else is and you've done some uh, excellent things uh especially with those wheelchair, wheelchair organization uh you know you, you got some got some things started uh uh around the around the country really but mark uh, tell me a little bit about your upbringing maybe um where you grew up and, um, if you played any sports before high school?
1: Um, yeah. So I grew up in, uh, Bowie, Maryland, um, in Prince George's County. And, um, I, I grew up playing, you know, all every sport for every season. So, um, my, my main sports were, were basketball and football. Um, but we were exposed to, um, I played lacrosse and baseball and soccer and tennis and um, wow. whatever else we could get into. I, I was actually <laughs> a pretty good tennis player too. Wow. <laughs> I loved tennis. Tennis in the summer was, was, was a staple for us. Um, and, and, you know, in high school, uh, my main uh, sports were, were football and basketball. And um, I did was uh recruited to play football in college um but uh had to go to uh community college to try and get el- eligible as as it might kind of be honestly I was uh I wasn't the best student um, <laughs> so uh, it's kind of ironic now that I'm I'm pursuing a master's degree but um but it is in special education so it's right up my alley Okay. And, uh, and so uh after a couple of years of community college I I kinda gave up on that, that whole uh college sports dream and um went ahead and, and got a job uh working construction and um started uh in the in the carpentry a rough framing um of of new homes, residential construction.
0: Um did Mark, did you did you play
1: any sports while you actually were in high school? Yeah, yeah. I played um, I played football in high school.
0: Um, did you
1: play? How many years did you play? Uh, well, I played football all four years. Oh.
0: Okay. And
1: um, I uh, was a varsity starter my junior and senior years. I played uh, quarterback and safety. I I kind of wow. I, I kind of played all over the place. Um, so I I um, yeah wherever they would wherever they needed a need. I returned punts and I uh, ended up uh, – my junior year. I ended up getting moved up to linebacker for the playoffs. Jeez. Our junior year we were ten and zero. We were actually a really good team. For my four years of high school, uh, my graduating class, I, we really I think we only lost like five games.
0: Yeah. What was your high school?
1: Bowie High School.
0: Bowie, okay. Um uh, is there any special memories uh, about playing sports you would like to share for, you know from well, high school? I was school? talking
1: to somebody the other day. Uh I I, I really the, the thing I really enjoyed most about uh sports, um, particularly team sports was uh was the camaraderie and the locker room and 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 the, the pursuit, you know, of one goal as a as a unit. And um And so I always enjoyed being a part of a team and that kind of carried over into my construction career because I always, um, I always analogized uh, a good construction crew, you know, with a, with a team. I mean, it's a team. It's really a team sport. You can't uh, frame a house by yourself and you need a lot of uh, cooperation and it's gotta be done. Um, at the same time and everything's got to be just so. And, um, and then the motivation and, and, and the whole nine yards, it, it, it does bring me back to sports. So, uh, I t- I got a lot out of sports you know, I, I wish I had <clears throat> transferred. My, my father used to bug me all the time about my schoolwork because I would never accept being, you know, average, uh, athlete and and so he would always you know try and um persuade me to do better in school but you know based upon my attitudes about sports so i I do wish i had carried it over into my schoolwork at the time but as i grew up and i matured i I managed to uh to take along the same skill set in my career uh, so
0: um you started this construction that was after you left salisbury
1: well, actually, um, so my course of action would have been, so I, I left school at about at, at the age of 20 and I didn't, didn't finish. And, okay. um, and then I started to do construction at that time. I ended up, uh, I ended up getting married, um, when I was, uh, 23 wow. and, um, then we had a, a child uh, who was on your podcast um, when I was 24. So in 1993, Leanne joined the world. And, right. <laughs> um, and so um, then uh, two years later, we, we um, welcomed our son, Joe, into the world. And, right. um, and soon after that, we moved um, over to uh, the Eastern Shore, uh, actually to Ocean Pines. And that's okay. where we've been for the last twenty five years. I managed. Uh, uh, I I went back to school in two thousand and eight, uh, two thousand and nine, no, two thousand and ten. I went back to school to finish because okay. it was something that had always nagged at me, and I I wanted to. Um, complete that there weren't many things in my life I just completely quit and didn't do so I always felt a little bit um, just personally not right about never finishing college so I went back to school to Salisbury in 2010 ended up graduating in 2012 with a degree in psychology oh
0: okay hey um I know, I don't think you played uh, sports at Salisbury uh, for teams, but did you play club lacrosse?
1: Yeah, I, I actually, I did. I, I uh, it, was, it was, I and mean, you know, it was a strange choice, like for an older guy to, to join a sport like that. But um, it was actually a, a godsend at the end of the day. Was kind of a long story. I'll shorten it as much as I can. But I, I, I went out and played. Uh, obviously there's, you know, if you, Pay your dues, you can play. And, right. um, and it was, it was a lot of fun. It was, uh, it, it kept me really focused and in shape. And, uh, and this is actually a little known fact. I, I had actually considered um, trying out for a competitive lacrosse team at a school. And uh, because uh, I just felt like I could play. And, right. um, and so what well, ended up on the club team and it was a very good team. They won the national championship and, um, and they, uh, so it it was a competitive team, a lot of, a lot of varsity drops. And, and so we, we had, we had a really good team and it was really neat because they, it it was just like, I was just any other guy really out there. And, um, of course I didn't attend any of their parties, (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> that might be good
1: yeah I did not think that might be appropriate and uh, okay. and so uh, considering maybe most of them were underage and uh, so um, but as it turned out um, the fall semester of my senior year right at the very end I had an accident and this is actually the accident that got me into um, the adaptive sports world and uh and it turned out to be a really great thing because um to be on the club team uh because it enabled me to reach out and there were a number of kids uh who were in my class so so I broke my back in December of 2011 coming I was coming out of a tree stand and I fell about 15 feet and broke my back and um I spent 26 days at Kernan Rehab Hospital, and while I was in the hospital, you know, I, the whole time I was there, I just was thinking to myself, "How am I going to finish school?" And I got to get this done now. I mean, we, I've already waited till I was 40 for gosh sakes, and and right. um, and so I, I wasn't I wasn't willing to put it off. It, it was going to happen then, and uh, and so. Looking back, that was like my first experience in trying to request uh, reasonable accommodations for my disability, and I hadn't even really considered myself disabled at the time. I didn't know what to think, and um, so, but but as I said, when I got into my classes, I sent out an email to all my teammates on the on the lacrosse team to find out which sections of courses they were going to be in because one of the accommodations I had made with my professors was they weren't going to hold me to coming to lecture and I was only going to show up for my exams. And so right. there's a lot of information that you get about the exams in the lecture. I mean, you read, read the textbook and I know the information, but a lot of times professors will, will give hints on what, you know, they'll do a PowerPoint, and in that PowerPoint, they'll give you, you know, this is going to be on the test. This is going to right. you know, and they'll, they'll highlight a lot of that stuff. So I was able to get um, two of the guys from my team were in two of my sections, so I was able to get that type of information and notes and stuff like that um, from the lectures um, from them, which actually really helped me out a lot
0: yeah that's very important for you yeah it, it
1: was it was uh and it was a lot of fun we we'd go um we played um delaware penn state north carolina maryland um Towson, navy um yeah it it was a really good time it was fun
0: yeah that club they club across uh, all, all the club sports they're almost just like college teams
1: yeah, they really are, um, and the and the the lads take it really seriously. Um, you you I, I felt pretty solid. I was getting on the field. I mean, we you, there's funny. You look at the varsity team during the season, and you see how long the line of guys is, and um, we had a line equally as long. I mean, we probably had wow. Uh, we, we probably had seventy guys on the team.
0: What? No, that's
1: crazy. But only, but only, a club, you know? Yeah, but only 18 of them were playing. Yeah, so it wasn't a, it wasn't uh, everyone gets a trophy. So you had to get yourself on that field. And so I felt pretty good. I I, I managed to get in every game, but I uh, kind of felt like they they thought I was the the godfather. You ever watch that back back to school movie? (laughs) So, um, well, yeah, I was the only guy with 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 chest hairs.
0: <laughs> uh, Mark, tell me about. Um, I I know your second injury happened while you were doing the wheelchair games, but um, well, how did you decide you wanted to get into what you know the wheelchair games after you you know of course you had an injury, but what made you yeah. think about wheelchair games? Because there's other things, basketball. Well, the, when the
1: you, yeah. So when you, so whenever you get hurt, um, wow. you, you would be, you go from, I was at shock trauma, mm. but you would go from shock trauma to an acute inpatient rehabilitation hospital. And mm-hmm. it's, it's not really a hospital, but it's, it, but it's a hospital setting. If, if you got really sick there, they'd have to send you to an actual hospital. Um, but um, I was introduced to wheelchair sports there, and um, um, at the time, you're 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 in like this weird world where you you don't know what to expect. Everything's new. Um, now yeah. all of a sudden you have to your 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 whole world's changed. So and yeah. and. Drawing from my athletics, um, I would, I mean, everything I did was physical from working to, to surfing, to snowboarding, to, to playing uh, old man lacrosse, to playing club lacrosse. I mean, everything I did was physical. And, Mm -hmm. um, and so I I went from that guy to, to not sure what my future held. And Mm -hmm. I'll have to be honest, I wasn't really too stoked on the wheelchair sports, but I think it was more of, a, a mental thing at the time. And yeah. then, um, my actual first adaptive sport technically was knee surfing. So, um, by yeah. June, I was able to get myself into the basically crawl into the water in the yeah. ocean and paddle out on a surfboard and, and, and ride the waves on, on a, on my surfboard. And, um, I still couldn't really walk very well, but I could get myself out in the water and, and that was just my thing. So I, that was my first, um, adaptive sport, but then later right. in the, later on, um, some friends of mine and my brother started sending me links that they had found on the internet of these guys playing wheelchair lacrosse and, yeah. um, And so I started to investigate that and, um, and then eventually. So then that summer I was walking around the ocean city classic. I had my four, I was using forearm crutches at the time. And um, I just thought to myself, man, this would be a perfect venue for uh, wheelchair lacrosse. They got the Northside park. You can play inside and it, and then you've got the atmosphere of having all of these guys. And that was really the first I had thought about, you know, that sport. And then later in the, I started to reach out to people to try and get some information. And I had mm-hmm. talked to, um, uh, and I think I might have even mentioned it to Bob Musitano, who runs the Ocean City Classic. And, uh, right. and he, was, he was fully on board with doing it. So uh, that later that year, I actually did an adaptive skiing event and went straight from that skiing event to, to uh, Philadelphia to the lacrosse uh, national convention, the U.S. lacrosse convention. And the the wheelchair guys were doing a demo there. And um, so I I sat in on the demo and then I got into a sports chair and kind of messed around with those guys. And 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 that was when I decided that um, we were going to I was going to try and get this in Ocean City. Um, And then, as I said, Moose was was on board. Right. So that was the precipice of me getting into wheelchair lacrosse and 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 wheelchair sports in general.
0: So, so the following year is when you um, uh, decided to try to set up um, uh, the, that little small tournament at Northside in Ocean City the following year.
1: Correct. Yeah. We uh, it, what the at first I. At first, there I thought that there were teams out there. There were more right. than there was, and, and and I. So when I first approached Moose, um, Bob, uh, I I thought, um, you know, I didn't think I was going to be, make I I didn't think we were going to be. I was even going to be playing. I would. I thought with, that we would just invite these these guys here, and okay. um, then All as right. I started to get through after the. Well, really, after the lacrosse convention, I realized that if we were going to do... Um, it, we, I was going to need to have a team because there really was only... In, all, in the whole country, it, it seemed like there was really just enough guys that, to, to really have one team. So we can't have a tournament with one team. And so right. um, I went about, after that, starting to organize... And prepare to have a clinic of my own in Maryland, so that I could build a team, so that we could at least have two teams at the at the classic.
0: Now and where, was, where was your first clinic?
1: My first clinic was in Bel Air, Maryland, and it, it was at a place uh, appropriately named uh, Free State a- uh, Athletic Complex, and uh, <laughs> it was it was the perfect um, venue. Um, they, uh, they have a full size, uh, roller hockey rink, which is, which is the, the, the venue for the sport. And, um, and it was, it wasn't too expensive. In fact, I I think we were the only people there. They, they opened it that day for us. And, um, so we, um, we went in, I, to prepare for that. I had, uh, I played um, over in the heroes league uh, in the summers and they have a, you know, a weekly um, game and all of the old guys um, tailgate across the street at this place called the Kindercare. They call it the Kindercare lot. And, okay. um, and so during, after the games, because old man lacrosse is really just an excuse to go out and have some burgers and beer. So, right. um, the so we get together uh, after the games every night. So I went over there and started passing out flyers, letting them know that I was going to park my flatbed in the lot on a particular evening. And I was hoping to get donations from people for equipment and
0: from um, the players, right?
1: Yes, for the players, because I wasn't sure what I was going to be dealing with. I, I assumed that a lot of the guys that were going to come to this clinic may have never played lacrosse ever. So I wanted to make sure that we had the equipment there for them, the helmets, the shoulder pads, if they wanted them, um, elbow pads, uh, and the gloves and, and enough sticks. And, and fortunately it was really great. I mean, I, the guys were showing up and if they hadn't got my flyer, they were just so disappointed they were giving me gloves off of their hands. You know, they were <laughs> like taking them off their stick and go. Just take these. I'll get a new pair. Uh, and people wow. were people gave me. They donated. You know, really to me, very. You know, in lacrosse, your helmet is a big thing, and um, right. if you're in these clubs, you, you might have like a Bud Light helmet, or that's it's it's almost like a you know those things people really cherish and I've had I had people donate their bud light helmets um, all kinds of really cool stuff and so mm-hmm. I was really excited we ended up getting all the stuff we needed to get the, the, the clinic together and uh, it was only a couple of weeks before the classic that I managed oh, to wow. sque- <laughs> yeah that I managed to squeeze this thing in oh, and uh, oh, and, it, and then I'm I threw Earlier than that, I had I'd had been thrown out, you know, trying to reach connections within the wheelchair sports world. And I came across um, um, a, a gentleman named Michael Looney. And Mike uh, was very competitive wheelchair basketball. He still is a very competitive wheelchair basketball player. And he had played club lacrosse at Shippensburg. And uh, he broke his back in college. And he had ended up actually playing wheelchair basketball in college. And um, Mm. and so he helped me organize, helped me try and uh, attract players that he may know. And we ended up uh, and then another guy that I had gone to high school with who um, had broken his back in high school. He Mm. played wheelchair basketball as well. And and between Mike and myself and and Brad, we ended up getting a pretty group pretty good group of guys to our clinic um and it it went like clock it was great everyone loved it we had a blast nice. we did a bunch of drills like we were just running a regular old lacrosse clinic and then before we knew it we were scrimmaging and it, and everyone was just knocking each other over and <laughs> i mean it, it was just awesome and wow. um and then uh it was funny because i knew i i knew it was on Because one of the, we were taking a break having water during one of our intermissions, and everyone was on their phone trying to book rooms for Ocean City. And they they (laughs) all wanted to be a part of that and um, managed to get everybody there. Um, We did a fundraiser. I ended up doing a fundraiser with the Abbey Burger. Okay. We ended up, now, the first year we did the fundraiser so that I could help. Um, the other teams get here, or the other team, but the other team get here, and because they're what, coming what from was the other team coming California, from? and, oh, uh, San Diego and California. yeah, okay. and and I think they brought one guy from Denver, yeah, you know, okay. or Colorado, maybe not Denver, but Colorado, and okay. uh, so they they were gonna be, it was gonna cost them a bunch of money to get out of here, and right. and so I I did this fundraiser and. Uh, um, at the abbey burger uh steve pappas did a fundraiser at the uh green turtle with a 50 50 raffle and he ended up um he had so we ended up uh being able to help them out quite a bit with their with their costs of travel and that that worked out really that worked out really well and we had a great weekend um the guys got to go out and and network with all of the able-bodied lacrosse players that were there for the tournament right and, they uh, were on
0: few, our side right yeah
1: and it was you know and i missed a boat i we probably could have gotten you know the Abbey to sponsor the team you know our team and we could have you know done um better with you know unis and all that stuff but right. this was kind of this was really shoestring stuff and it was,
0: and it was quick yeah, it was
1: quick, and, and it was all just, I, I wasn't really, I was prepared to, to come out of my pocket and deal with whatever we had to pay for. And, um, so I wasn't really that pressed about sponsorships or any of that stuff. I just wanted to make this happen. And, yeah. uh, and as I said, Bob, um, was just, you know, he's been our biggest cheerleader for since day one. And, right. um, and he, he brought us in, he got reps, uh, you know, so we brought in uh, referees from, from the outside and he had them, we, we went over the rules with them and, and they had, uh, they did some, they, they did a great job ref in the games and, um, it really went great and and there's been you know two gentlemen out in california started this whole thing uh ryan baker and bill lundstrom Mm -hmm. and they had been going around doing clinics at different um disabled sports organizations around the country and but nothing had really taken hold and um there was some spark here or there, but there really wasn't anything, you know, binding everything together. And So this is like
0: the first round? Yeah, this was pretty thing, much like
1: the first competitive action between two actual wheelchair lacrosse teams. Uh, Ryan and Bill had managed to organize some scrimmages with um, able-bodied uh, high school kids and actually okay. even – Able bodied professional teams, but this was the first time that two actual adaptive sport teams were going to go at each other in the sport of lacrosse. And, um, sure. and we set it up east versus west to kind of get some animosity <laughs> going. And, right. uh, and, and I, I feel, you know, Ryan and, and Bill, these guys are super ambassadors of the sport but I think what happened at the lacrosse classic was everyone that showed up got that, that, that competitive blood flowing. You know? right. And we lost, uh, the East lost, and we never let that go. And so <laughs> we, the whole time we were just like, okay, well next year we're, we're, gonna, <laughs> we're getting these guys. So uh, it really got everything rocking. Then it also, you know, it really got us embedded with Moose and the the Classic, which really gave us the opportunity with a platform to try and grow um, the participation. And so the next year, we were back with just two teams again. But then the year after that, um, we ended up with... year after that we ended up with so 2014 I ended up uh, breaking my neck we'll go tonight, maybe, certain... but but after that one that... so we had that year I was in the hospital during the um classic but I hey. uh, I we had organized it again we did have the two teams again and then um the year after that we ended up with I think we ended up with four or five teams the year um, after that. So in 2015, um, we had a really great tournament. Um, and then in 2016, we had, I think, eight teams. Wow. And, and
0: all this kind of grew from what you guys started, probably the first competitive thing in the country.
1: Yeah, it, it was a collaboration of, of you know, Ryan's and Bill's, you know, legwork in getting right. out and trying to make connections But
0: on the West Coast
1: and and really all around. But but what the what the Ocean City Classic enabled was everyone to see the potential and and it it gives you like a culmination of your effort. So if you've been practicing, we didn't play many games like the individual teams would just practice together. So Ocean City was really the only place that you could go and play someone else. And and so, I mean, that's the essence, right? You you want to play someone yeah. else. You don't want to just sit there and practice all the time. No. And, and you know, pick up basketball is great. You know, it's all fun and get, you know, but when you're on a competitive team, you want to match yourself up against the other guys. And, you know, I was yeah. going up, you know, when I was playing, we had good guys, but we're going up against each other. I never, we didn't have the opportunity to actually play on the same side. You know, it's right. like it would be great, you know, so I, I almost during practices, I wouldn't get an opportunity to play with some of the better players on my team because I was always on their other team. And so um, it gave you an opportunity. And then as it started to grow, it, it really was the perfect thing because then those teams that were just coming in could come to mm-hmm. Ocean City. And and then they were jazzed. They were like, "Oh yeah, this is great," you know. And then it kind of grew (laughs) from there. And um, so,
0: uh, so when you um, as you started growing uh, in in this area, you did more clinics. Uh, You did one, you know, one or two at at Walter Reed and at the uh, Kennedy Kruger Institute and Trinity College. Is it Trinity College?
1: Yes. Um. That that one was the um. Adaptive sports day. It's a, um,
0: okay.
1: put on by disabled sports USA. And, um, yeah. it was, that's actually, a um, a youth, uh, event. It's for, for, for kids. And, um, Oh, is that
0: the one your daughter helped you with? Yeah.
1: My daughter helped me with that clinic. And, uh, that was okay. great. And I, I, that was, you know, that clinic happened after I'd broken my neck. So wow. there was no chance of me, um, getting that together without, without help. And, and so Leanne, you know, she, she helped me, you know, get all the stuff together and get over there and move it around, you know, goals and equipment and, and all that. And, um and whatever sports chairs we had. And, and then, so now at the uh, that clinic, they had the chairs. Um, okay. But um, that's another really big issue is trying to get your chairs. But, I've done a couple of cl- We did a couple of clinics with uh, Kennedy Krieger, which were great. We got, we got players from them. And, um, mm-hmm. and then we also did um, a, a number of clinics at Walter Reed, which was it's I, I, it's probably one yeah. of the best things I've ever done yes. um, to, you know, it just, yeah. You just feel so much, um, you know, yeah, well, those veterans. That, yeah, there's so much appreciation for what those guys do. But when you go to Walter Reed, you, yeah, you you can't you won't leave there the same guy. So, right. um, you know, you read you see somebody in the grocery store who's you know managed to make it through their service without any injuries, and you mm. you you're, you certainly appreciate their their service. And I, I'm not this you know, missing any of that. But when you go right. to a place like Walter Reed and you work with these guys that, that have been really seriously injured and, um, yeah. it, 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 it really does change your perspective of sacrifice. And right. and these guys really, you know, and, and then, so that was a lot of fun. That was just a lot of fun because those guys got to get out there and really get at it. And, uh, and And a lot of the other wheelchair sports don't allow that and okay. um, and you think about you know some marine that you know that that level of intensity and they they want to bring it and uh and so this sport really allowed them to 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 release some of that energy but, and, uh, and I, was,
0: was, I I would assume you better you know even in, in all of your clinics even not only with Walter Reed you met a lot of
1: new friends. It's amazing. I, I, you know, when you look back at an injury, you, you don't want to. You, you'd like to go back to the way you were, and, yeah. um, and, but that is like the one area that I'd have a really hard time letting go of if somebody were able to just snap my fingers and I could go back to being thirty-nine-year-old Mark yeah. again. Um, but. Um, and, you know, so it's a hard thing, but, um, you know, my world, I was kind of, I, it's not like you don't know these people exist, but they were really invisible to me. And, and I'm glad now that they're not. And then, you know, my children growing up, understanding what I go through, you know, that's a value to them. They're, they'll never look, they'll, you know, that my world will never be invisible to them ever. And anyone yeah. who comes in contact with me. So I, I feel like everything sort of has a place in your life. And, um, and this is just one of those things that you just have to find a yeah. place for and, and, yeah. and, and, and accept, you know, the good, the bad, the ugly, and, and, and then just, you know, let her eat. Um,
0: you've done but, well.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it's um, so, it, and, and I've been blessed with a tremendous amount of Functional recovery from both of my accidents, which is really yeah, no. amazing. Back yeah. But,
0: your neck.
1: Mm. Yeah, it, it's pretty amazing. I, I came home. So the the chronological is that, as I said, I 2011, late December 2011, uh, Pearl Harbor Day, I broke my back. I was in the hospital for 26 days. Mm. Ended up walking across the stage with my walker. Um, and graduation in May. Oh, <laughs> then i I got into the adaptive surfing. Then started forearm crutching and just you know attacked rehab like it like I was training for the Olympics, and I still do. <laughs> and then um, then 2014 went out and played with the world team and Denver, um, and then um, for their the lacrosse world games. And we I actually set up another scrimmage that I mean we were really kicking it. I was like, yeah, yeah, we're starting it. We got I ended up setting up a scrimmage with um Richmond up at um Messiah College in Pennsylvania.
0: Uh, Richmond
1: have a team? Yeah, Richmond, well they after the classic those guys went back and they were reinvigorated and they, they got a team together. And right, um, right. you know that they didn't have a team. The two guys from Richmond showed up the first year, and, okay. and so and well, three and one of them was able-bodied, and he was right. helping one of the other guys. So right, it was right, like right. It, he, he wasn't even really a part of it. But the, so two guys right. showed up from Richmond, and then they yeah. went back, and the next year they had a full squad that they could scrimmage scrimmage us at, at Messiah College, and right, um, right. and that was with a um, camp, that was with Camp Star. That was another youth camp. Um, so that was kind of a mix between a clinic and a scrimmage. So we scrimmaged and then we ran a, a small clinic afterward. And uh, um, and that was a lot of fun. They had the Messiah um, men's uh, lacrosse team was there watching and they were just blown away. And talking they, about
0: college, again
1: yeah, the, the the Messiah College team. Yeah, they yeah. and they're they're a solid D3 program. And uh, well, and we end up so in so that summer and then I ended up um palling out I, I actually had a an interview with with Bulldog at 981 to promote right. the fundraiser that I was doing that year at the Abbey again. And um, and I left it. And went across the street, had about a half an hour before they kicked the surfers out of the water. And within that half an hour, my life had completely flipped upside down. Wow. And, um, that's how fast this stuff happens. You know, I, right. I didn't even I, I remember thinking, all right, I'm a little thirsty, but uh, it's only a half hour. I'll get a bottle of water when I when I get out. Right. Um, I never got that drink. Uh, I, I didn't get that. I didn't get that drink for five days.
0: Wow, that was yeah.
1: Like it, like the the next thing I had of any type of uh, quenching liquid was one ice cube in the helicopter. So uh, um, I ended up uh, taking off on a wave on my last wave. Oh, <laughs> uh, was good on well, my last wave. Of course, it was my last wave. I uh, um I took off and i went to dive through the back of the wave and i guess i didn't get enough off of my board and it just dumped me on my head i ended up wow. um, floating out there on my face <laughs> mm. thinking, thinking really this is it <laughs> mm. and uh, you couldn't move no i was paralyzed from my shoulders down i, I couldn't move <laughs> at all and um and i, I remember well, I mean, I don't even really remember what I was thinking, but I was thinking, yeah, okay, this is it. And uh, eventually yeah. someone grabbed me and, and managed to flip me over, and and once they flipped uh, me over, I told them that I'd broke my neck and that if, you know, if they're going to, can they please just be careful with my head? Right. But I, I, I knew that you dragged me out of the water, you could ruin, like any well, yeah, chance yeah. of recovery could be gone then.
0: Uh, and you, fortunately, you the
1: person that that grabbed me was a was a was a nurse assistant she understood and she got me and they they held me so that my neck was stable and then she actually sat there on the beach while we were waiting for um emergency personnel um with like my head between her knees so that it was not going anywhere Uh. and we we sat there and talked and i you know it's weird i was joking with them and I just got a weird personality and the way I handle stress is by either joking about it or just trying to deny it really just, this isn't really happening. And then eventually um, the help arrived, they got me into a helicopter, flew me to Baltimore where they put me back together like Humpty Dumpty. And, um, (laughs) and I I do remember uh, at the hospital there, I, I did have a little bit of movement, um, below my level of injury and um, mm. which is always a really good sign. So if ever you ever, you, you have a spinal cord injury and, and right afterward you're starting to show signs that there's, there's not damage, you know, too far. And you've, you're still got signals going through there's right. hope. And, and, and that's really what you're going off of. Um, um. And, um, and then uh. from there, I went over to Kernan again um, and spent uh, eight weeks at the rehab hospital. Yeah. It was a totally different experience than the first time, right. except for I knew it, everyone was the same people there. So uh, everyone was just, they couldn't believe I was back. And um, yeah. and then um, two, two months after that, I came home, I couldn't move. I, I couldn't feed myself when I came home. So, no, no. um, you know, they don't, when you can go home, that's a, you know, that's a blessing. You, right. not everyone gets to go home. And, you know, I had a support network of my wife and, and my kids and my friends and my right. family, um, to, to really help us out through those times because it, it was tough. And, right. um, you Know it was, um, in fact, like even whenever we were gonna go, they were gonna send me home on like a Tuesday, and I'm mm. like, Well, I can't go home on a Tuesday, and they're <laughs> like, well, Why not? And I'm like, Because my wife has to work on Wednesday, so well, you can't give me 24 less than 24 hours to figure out my routine, and uh, right. and so uh, they managed to get me. I told my occupational therapist that i'd i'd leave the following friday if that if there wasn't an option to go the next friday so they eventually got the okay to give me the extra three days because insurance you know it's crazy but um, so i got the extra three days so that i could go home on a friday and then i'd have saturday and sunday at least to kind of develop some like a some type of plan of action when jennifer went back to work on monday so um and then um and that was really the the deal. And I had a friend of mine would said he'd come over and we were doing rehab at my house and I got set up with <laughs> rehab at uh Atlantic physical therapy and yeah, uh, the physical therapy. Yeah, and uh so we went um and I've been I've been rehabbing, you know, ever since. So like, I right. went from not being able to feed myself to in 2016 playing goalie. For our lacrosse team and um, wow. and winning a bronze medal, but
0: <laughs> well, you you're certainly blessed. Hey, Mark, um, you, you you say you uh, went down to Richmond, I believe, and scrimmage some a tea, your team down there. But you also scrimmage uh, a team at the college, I guess, at John Hopkins University.
1: Yeah, that Hopkins has turned into like a really big. Um, supporter of ours. So um, we, uh, one of the gentlemen who is, had helped us with the clinic, the, and he actually got it set up so that we could do it at Hopkins. is a gentleman by the name of Brendan Kelly, and Brendan Kelly was on their 89, uh, he, well, he graduated in 89, but he, had, he won a, a national championship with Johns Hopkins. Um, he was a team captain and, and he was um, very good friends with Petrimala. He he was in he was in Petromala's class at Hopkins. So okay. so he reached out to Petrimala, and we floated the idea of putting his guys in wheelchairs and scrimmaging them uh, as a good, exhibition game. And uh, so so we started that in two thousand and fifteen. I, the first year, I didn't play um, okay. because I, I, I really wasn't capable of it at the time. And, right. and so, um, but it went off great. I mean, it was really great. They were super excited to play with us, and we, we, we had a really great time. And then we, we've been doing that ever since. So uh, we got to do so, that
0: every year, right? So now
1: we play them every year. We moved uh, the game off campus to, um, the free state, uh, complex where we had. Our oh first yeah. Game. Right,
0: right, right, well, right. And,
1: um, Oh, it, it, it's awesome. And, and I played, um, you know, the following year I ended up playing goalie. The year after that, I, I played in the field because we got a new goalie. And, um, and so, um, it's, it's a blast. And, and it, when they score on us, it's like they won the national championship. They, they, <laughs> I
0: saw I saw on uh, the internet where they were really showing their, their appreciation for uh, what, what you guys could do in the wheelchairs and, and, and they're them trying to do the same thing and uh, how hard it was for them. But uh, yeah, they seem to be enjoying it.
1: It's a great perspective for the kids to take. I, I think that, you know, like I just mentioned, you know, that kind of world was almost invisible to me. And, um, and, and you always think that, um, every bad thing happening to you is the worst thing in the world. And, Glenn. um, you know, and, and for, for them to go out and they see, you know, these guys that are finding a different way to, to still be athletes, um,
0: yeah, that's what puts it's a, all about. Puts a
1: strong impression in these guys' heads,
0: right? So, your team, uh, the uh, Maryland Thunder, right? Correct. Um, uh, Kennedy Krieger got involved with your, your team a little bit, right?
1: Yeah, we we started off. Um, the Paralyzed Veterans of America was was kind of our first um, sponsor for right, and um, and then for whatever reason. Um, they kind of dropped out and Kennedy right. Krieger, they were involved as well with them. And then Kennedy Krieger took it over. Erin Michael, who runs, I, I'm not, she's a physical therapist at, at their institute. Um, okay. She runs their sports program. And she right. had, they do um, a lot
0: with youth too, right?
1: Yeah. The, the, um, the, they're, they're a, a, a children's hospital technically, but they right. have a, outpatient spinal cord injury research institute that provides rehab and, and physical therapy uh, ongoing for adults. And um, Aaron set up a, a sports program and they sponsor um, uh, hand cycling, like marathon hand cycling, and uh, a, a wheelchair rugby team, and they also sponsor us they've been, they've been, they've been awesome. I mean, they really, um, have We they've really taken us in under their wing. They they're super excited about the sport and, and they've been, you know, um, invaluable to us. They, they provide funding for our guys for hotel rooms and travel. And, and, um, so, uh, we, we managed to find a little spot in their budget,
0: Well, uh, it could be said, uh, Mark, because of you, that there are now teams in uh, San Diego and Richmond, New York, uh, Minneapolis, Milwaukee, of course, Baltimore, your team, Indianapolis, Houston, Grand Rapids, and uh, uh, Denver, and and, and Buffalo is really starting to grow.
1: Yeah, I would probably put as much on Bob Musitano, um, but – and And I also, as I said, it's definitely a collaboration.
0: Yes, in yes. my
1: mind, if those without the ocean city classic to 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 provide that competitive spirit for the game, um, i I don't know that it grows as fast as it's been. Um, right. I think that we were we we the classic enabled the vision of what could happen. It, it it sparked all that cons, uh, competitive um, spirit in everybody. And when the new teams come in, to have them be able to go to the Classic and compete was, as I said, the first year, um, you know, Denver really didn't have much of a team and neither did Richmond. But when right. those guys went back, they were energized to get so it. They were
0: definitely going. excited.
1: Yeah, and and I have to say, so out in Milwaukee, another really big uh, guy uh, in this sport is a man named Dr. Lee, and Mm -hmm. he he works for the VA, and um, so he's been able to parlay his connections within the VA to establish a pretty decent amount of teams over in um, the Midwest, but had You know, I always think to myself, you know, we had, he was able to come to the classic and really jazz the two. There's nothing that makes you more motivated than losing. You know, winning (laughs) is one thing. It's great. But when you lose and you want to win the next year, man, there's nothing more motivating than that. So when you show up, now they showed up with a bunch of Marquette d one Lacrosse players as their team, e. and and wow. you can rest assured they did not like losing to us. So <laughs> and we spanked them, and 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 and, and I, I guarantee you they weren't happy about that. So um, and then when you when you leave after that you're like man well next year we're we're beating those guys. That's exactly right. what we said when San Diego the first left. year. Yeah, we got to get this together next year. We're gonna win, and uh, well,
0: you guys did win the um, looks like the the national championship uh, what 2019? Yeah, we won it
1: last year in Long Island.
0: Oh man, congratulations!
1: We've always been nipping at it every year. It seems (laughs) like we we go through the pool play undefeated, and then we kind of drop steam toward when we get into the playoffs but last year we kept it going and we, well, we uh, and we, we brought it home. We beat Denver in a really great game. It was probably not probably. It was the best wheelchair lacrosse game ever played. And um, the the it was competitive. It was um, it was clean, you know, right. like uh, passes were crisp. People were making good dodges and 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 it was really amazing and um yeah. it re- that that game last year really shows where this sport has come from cuz the first times we were playing the ball was on the ground 95% of the time right right
0: right you know right.
1: and and that's great and we were playing but it was sloppy it didn't you know it wasn't as crisp and you watch that game from last year uh, i know denver has it probably on their website um it was crisp. The ball was in people's sticks. Um, people were slowing the game down, setting up offense, squaring up on defense. It it was it wasn't this just chaotic, you know, thing. Right. Um, and it, it resembled lacrosse. And and right. to me, watch you know, it was like the first time that that a that a game really did resemble a, a solid lacrosse games where where two teams were trying. And it was very close. It was like six to three or something like that. And right. um, it was just a, a, a great game. And and uh, it really shows where this thing is going to be in the future. It, it, it's it's going to take yeah. off.
0: Well, Mark, congratulations on your achievements and and all the wheelchair players. Uh, uh to my listeners, uh, check out Mark at on Facebook for sure at the Facebook. Wheelchair lacrosse uh, uh, page, I guess. Uh, Marcus, uh, anything else you'd like to add before we go? Um,
1: no, the only thing I'd uh, the only thing I'd, i I would add is um, that um, the importance of uh, the wheelchair sports in the process of you know recovering from an injury um, that's life altering. Um, you, um, you put the, uh, when something like this happens to you, it happens to you at the snap of a finger. So you go from, you know, it's not a deteriorating thing. So you end up being one guy and then the next second, you're a completely different person, but, but in your brain, you're still the same guy. And, and, and so for me, you know, if anyone's listening who has anyone who, who could benefit from this you know, from adaptive skiing to, um, you know, adaptive, um, there, there's all kinds of adaptive sports to get into or recreation. I ride a, right. um, a, a modified um, trike for, to, to take on mountain biking. I've ridden, I've taken it to lift access at Killington and ridden downhill there. Um, I've right. got, you know, we, we ride the trails here locally. Um, right. the, the adaptive skiing, almost every ski area in the country That's has rich. has an adaptive skiing program. Um, you can get involved in that. Um, and then the other thing locally, you know, we have an organization called Baltimore Adaptive Recreation and Sports. And if okay. you, you know, they are a nonprofit. So if you you want to check out their website and maybe if you wish to donate, the the equipment that is acquired to do these things is expensive. It's it is insane how expensive a wheelchair could be. You know, a, a sports right. chair is $3,000, a, right. a nice, um, or even Kennedy Krieger, if, you know, donating a Kennedy Krieger, same thing. They, they, they provide, you know, these uh, bikes that these guys ride, the, the hand cycles, they're 10, 12, $13,000. Wow. So a skiing, you know, adaptive ski is, you know, it's, again, it's 3,000, 3,500 bucks to get something like mm. that. So without yeah. these organizations that, that do this type of work, it's almost inaccessible for your average disabled person, especially if you are on disability or fixed income or, or what have you. And uh, so the one thing I would emphasize is to go out and support your local disabled sports organization. And 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 help help people like me, you know, recapture a part of their psyche. And um, because that's so important And and it's motivating. We get together. You see other people that are making, you know, have the same kind of deal that you're going through that are really accomplished and and successful. And it's it's a motivating thing for everybody.
0: Right. Well, Mark, on that note, I think I'll bring our interview to a close. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, hey, the Hondo Handed Podcast has been brought to you by Atlantic Physical Therapy. They are here to help you with recovery while providing you with a safe environment. They keep the care and health care. Located in Ocean Pines, West Houston City, Berlin, and Salisbury, and in Delaware, Salvaville, Ocean View, Millsbury, and Lyle. Call 410-208-3630 or find them on the web at atlanticptrehab.com. Again, thank you very much, uh, um, Mark, for being with me today. And um, um, stay safe. Thank you. And uh, keep, keep smiling, Mark. <laughs> I always
1: smiling. I appreciate you having me. Thanks, Honda. All right, thank you. See you, bud.